You're listening to the Dogaritaville Podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Lily. We are two dog professionals with two different styles, two different backgrounds, and two common goals. To drink delicious margaritas and talk about dogs. Welcome to Dogaritaville. Welcome to episode 18 of the Dogaritaville podcast. Today we are talking about littermate syndrome and drinking Hawaiian-themed margaritas. For every episode, each of us does our best to create a delicious margarita around our theme. We post the recipes on Instagram so you can try them at home. And you can let us know if you have an idea for a theme. Our recipes always differ, so you have some variety to choose from. We need more margarita ideas. Yes. I'm not excited about the ones we have left. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for our first segment, I decided to do a rant because it ties in with littermate syndrome and it came up again this week and it drives me fucking nuts. Bonded pairs. If you don't know what bonded pairs are, it's basically you'll see it a lot in rescue. Uh, when they say two dogs cannot be separated because they are bonded. Um, I would go as far as to say 80% of the dogs that are adopted as bonded pairs are not actually adopted pairs and would actually be better off separated. But um, my specific rant is for puppies. (sighs) (laughs) So literally the definition of a bonded pair, which oddly enough I couldn't find a lot on, but... The like, de- like the definition of it is basically two dogs that have been together for so long they can't be separated, right? Like that's the definition of a bonded pair. And I've seen it a couple times with a lo- a specific local rescue where they have two three month old puppies that they say are bonded and have to go together. Oh my god! Yeah, don't even. I can't. Uh, I've seen that a couple times, and then this week a different rescue in town pulled the same shit. And I was like, puppies cannot be bonded. They can't be. Either that or they would have to stay with their whole fucking litters for the rest of their lives. Right. Bonded pairs are extremely rare. And pro tip, bonded pairs are usually fucking litter mates. Uh, You don't have to be litter mates. But like if you're a true bonded pair, you cannot be separated. A lot of the time it's because you're litter mates and you have fucking litter mate syndrome, <laughs> which we'll get into what that is in a minute. But just because two dogs like each other does not mean that they are bonded. Just because they are used to being together and are in, are in a stressful situation causing them to cling to each other does not mean they are a bonded pair. Like, I was pretty surprised I couldn't actually find much much information on it. Like, if you Google search bonded pairs and... Are bonded pairs real and all of that stuff? It basically just talks about whether or not you should adopt a bond- adopt a bonded pair, which I thought was kind of weird. But yeah, a bonded pair is two dogs that literally cannot be split up. I've only seen it once, I want to say. And that was uh, two, I think they were like six, maybe? Uh, six-year-old Rottweiler mix dogs that were litter mates and had never been separated. And when they came into the shelter, we tried to separate them because that's better for them in the long run, right? And better chances at adoption. Uh, And the male didn't give a shit. The male was fine. But the female would, like, go through walls to try to get back to the male. My God. Like, that's what a a fucking bonded pair is, though. Like, they cannot be separated. Um... So I've only seen it once and I've been working in rescue with a lot of dogs and in training for 10 years. So so I'm pretty <laughs> sure that bonded pair is a real thing for cats. Like, I think that that's so, real, but I don't think it's like y- really real for dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cats are, it's actually interesting that you bring cats up because, um, one of my friends who's a cat person was trying to get two kittens adopted together. And so I asked her, I was like, Hey, I don't know anything about cats, but like, do cats have littermate syndrome like dogs do? And she was like, no, it's actually the opposite. Cats do way better in pairs. Mm -hmm. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, I can't speak to shit about cats cause I don't know, but, um, yeah, you see bonded pairs all the time. 
very rarely are they actually bonded. Uh, we get, we'll get like 12 year old dogs that have been raised together and we split them up and they're better off for it. Like, yeah, <laughs> but the, your average person would keep them together and be like, they're bonded. And I'm like, no, actually this one bullies the fuck out of that one. And they have a really unhealthy relationship. So <laughs> they're actually going to be much better not being together. But people don't care about that. So that's fine. Uh, so my rant is that bonded pairs are rare. Puppies cannot be bonded. Stop being a dick. Uh. <laughs> so like just to clarify that completely, like bonded pairs in dogs, especially adult dogs, are very rare. Bonded pairs in puppies are non-existent. Yeah, it's not a thing. Not a thing. You are on- you're only three months old. You can't be bonded to anything. You haven't been right. around long enough. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Well, and like for instance, too, like I have Peter and Church have been together for going on eight years, and they're friends. They are with each other all day, every day. They like each other just fine. They are not even remotely bonded. Um, Noble and Doobie have only been together a couple years uh and they are fucking best friends like they love each other like i've never seen two dogs love each other but even they are not fucking bonded they're just not they might be in a few more years but (laughs) (laughs) like they love each other i've never seen noble like another dog like he likes doobie and i've never seen doobie like another dog like he loves noble they are brothers like to the definition but they're not a bonded pair And I would also kind of argue that being a bonded pair is a behavior problem. Like, (laughs) oh, totally. Well, that's the definition of littermate syndrome, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. That is a behavior issue. Um, Yeah. But the root of the rant is that puppies cannot be bonded pairs. If you're in rescue and you see it, yell at someone. (laughs) (laughs) That's my advice. So that is our first segment, which was just Laura going on a rant where I don't really know anything (laughs) about the topic. And so I'm just pretty quiet. But don't worry, I'll get louder um, (laughs) as we get into the the next segment. I mean, you know stuff about cats, right? I I knew one thing about cats and I I said it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so there's there's our first segment. It was a rant for you. And then we're going to get into segment two after we come back from our break. And that segment, I'm uh, not sure what we're going to call it yet. I think we're going to call it Why You Shouldn't Get Litter Mates. And uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Margarita check. Laura, how did you make your Hawaiian margarita? I tried to be fancy. It didn't really work. Uh, (laughs) I did two ounces of tequila, one ounce triple sec, one juice lime, three ounces of pineapple juice, two ounces of coconut water, which I'm realizing now that I might have only done one ounce of coconut water, so maybe that's my problem. Um, And then I got uh, maraschino cherries for garnish, Uh, and I was expecting it to be like super sweet, and it's really not. It is delicious. Um, but for as much ingredients and effort that it took, I feel like it should be better. <laughs> Is it like shaken or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just shaken uh, on the rocks. That is a good call, though. I should try blended. Uh, and I think it would have been better. I tried. I had planned to replace the triple sec with the pineapple liqueur that I had left over because I don't drink outside of the podcast. So... All the liquor that I buy for the podcast just sits in my freezer. Um, <laughs> and so I still have like a full bottle of pineapple liqueur that I'm never going to use for anything. So I had planned to use that instead of the triple sec today. Um, but I literally could not get it open. <laughs> it is frozen <laughs> shut for eternity. <laughs> so there it is. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you did something different though, yeah? I did. I made a blended one today. It's very good. Um, so I did four I ounces blended. of tequila, 
two ounces of pineapple citronage, which I bought when we did pineapple theme like forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One juice lime. And then I bought pina colada mix. And it's kind of a cheap one. What? And so. What is pina colada mix though? It's like creamy coconutty. Like I, I looked at the ingredients oh, and it okay. was like yeah. coconut yeah, yeah, yeah. milk and cane sugar and stuff. Oh, okay. 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 I didn't know that came in like a mix. I yeah. guess that makes sense. So it doesn't have liquor in it? It doesn't. Or does the pe- No. Okay. And I think that um, it's like not a very good one, but it tastes fine. <laughs> and like it, yeah. it made it creamy, which is that. what I was going for. <laughs> um, yeah. And so then I did frozen mangoes. I don't have a measurement for that because I just dumped them in the blender until it was the consistency <laughs> that I liked. And I blended it. And it's very good. I'm super happy with it. Yeah. I was going to say that sounds amazing. I... I don't think this would be good blended, um, just because it's not like flavorful enough. I bet if um, you treated the coconut water for coconut milk, I bet that would be good, or like cream of coconut. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good a good call. Yeah, it could be a little bit more co- coconutty. It could be a little bit more with cherries. Like so, the the second one I made because I made two, because um, I had a day off today and I have a snow day tomorrow, so. Nice. Fuck it. We're going to have a lot of margaritas. (laughs) I saw that on Ginny's uh, story Um, that it's like snowing there. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Uh, It's not snowing at my house at all, but it's stormy all week. So a bunch of my clients canceled. And I'm like, sweet. I'm behind on everything from having the plague. So that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so my second one, they got me, my Instacart guy (laughs) um, got me the wrong maraschino cherries. And so uh they're in like a heavy syrup which i don't really like um but so because it was the first one wasn't very sweet i added just like a splash of the heavy syrup to the second one and it's still not very sweet and you still don't taste cherries at all but it's good i'll say that and it looks cool with all the cherries at the bottom i like it I would definitely, I kind of like this theme a little bit better where it's just like Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I like that <laughs> and too. And you can go a thousand directions. Like that's, that's I like that a lot. Uh, we need to think of more themes that way. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Your sound's fucking bomb though. It is really you, good. I'm super happy with it. You had me at pina colada mix. I think too the Hawaii theme is better blended, but since it's snowing, I just didn't want a blended drink. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not what it, I wanted. To, to be fair, there's like five inches of snow on the ground outside right now, and I'm still having a blended <laughs> I was drink. Gonna say, you're, but I live you're in Michigan, in. and you live in Vegas, so it's just a little different. <laughs> so littermate syndrome a little bit more about what it is it's basically when two young dogs whether they're um biologically related or not are raised together and become codependent on one another um why is that a problem because codependency creates a lot of issues um for one not being able to be apart uh generally speaking one is usually bossy and Uh, I don't want to say aggressive, but one is usually kind of like in charge and one is usually super insecure, generally speaking. Um, And and most importantly, they have an inability to relate and communicate to others, whether it be people or dogs. Uh, So that's kind of like the root of littermate syndrome is basically because they're so bonded with their partner, they have no reason to learn to communicate with other dogs or other people. So sometimes they don't even bond with their owners, or if they bond with their owners, they certainly aren't bonding with anybody else. <laughs> um, and they're usually so ingrained with each other that they don't need other dogs, and so they never learn to be social and sometimes can even be aggressive with other dogs. Um, and something I forgot, because it doesn't necessarily come up quite as much as just the other behavioral issues, but something that I forgot and I noticed when I was doing my research was um, sometimes they'll actually be aggressive to each other. Yeah. Because they're so codependent and interdependent. That's actually um, the one that I've heard about the most is like. Oh, really? That's interesting. That like suddenly become really aggressive to each other. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that's I mean, it is one of the main reasons why we don't like rehome litter mates together. Um 
but it's not something that I see a lot as far as like being hired for litter mates. Yeah. Usually when I'm hired for litter mates, it's just that they're fucking disasters in general. (laughs) (laughs) I had somebody, this was a while ago now, it was a year or so ago. Somebody called me and she had gotten uh, like golden doodle litter mates. And I just told her no. I was like, (laughs) I'm, I'm not the trainer for you. I mean, partially because they're doodles, partially because they're litter mates. Just none of it. Yeah. <laughs> just, I have a headache already. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, litter mates are basically when two puppies are raised together, whether they are biologically related or not, and become so interdependent that they cannot relate to the outside world. Um, this presents in a lot of different ways, uh, like we talked about um but the biggest ones are the inability to be separated or to even be alone, not being social with other animals or people, uh, high anxiety, aggression, and or separation anxiety. And I'm sure a slew of other things as well, but <laughs> those are kind of the main ones. So we've broken this episode up into two segments that Laura has named, and I will rename them <laughs> when it's time to release the episode. But Laura has named them Littermates Suck. And if you done fucked up already. <laughs> so. I really liked that one. I was so excited. I was like, that's a good one. So essentially the two parts are why you shouldn't get litter mates and what to do if you already have litter mates. <laughs> and like Laura Boring. said, this will probably be pretty ranty. But as always, we're not like we're not in a position of blaming the average dog owner, but rather the breeders and the rescues who for better, like lack of a better word, hoodwinked them, tricked them into taking two dogs. Yeah, 100%. So one of the, um, again, doodles. Uh, <laughs> so one of the litter mates that I have had the pleasure of working with uh, were two sheep-a-doodles. Uh, <laughs> don't gasp like that's adorable. Okay, listen. It's a fucking disaster. I, I wouldn't do it, but if one happened... <laughs> To just be wandering around my neighborhood in need of a home, oh, I would. God. I would be so happy. <laughs> I just, I just want everybody to know that as as our podcast goes on and as Lily's doodledom gets worse and worse, our friendship slowly crumbles. <laughs> <laughs> I won't um, tell you that yesterday I bought two hundred dollars <laughs> worth of puppy clothes. <laughs> oh my god! So there's that. Can I quit on air? Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they were Bernadoodles from Arizona. Right? Sheepadoodles, sorry. I was thinking Bernadoodles. Um, they're Sheepadoodles. Their family flew to Arizona. Red flag number one, the breeder met them at the airport. Um... So they flew to Arizona. The breeder met them at the airport and basically had two females because that's what they wanted. And they were like, which one do you want? And then they felt so bad about leaving the other puppy all alone that they took both sisters. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. First red flag was Bernadoodle or Sheepadoodle. Second red flag was Arizona because it's a fucking shithole. And... (laughs) third red flag is that she met you at the airport and you didn't actually see where she's breeding these dogs fourth red flag is that she let you take both and you paid double like yeah are you fucking <laughs> well and at that, least ask for a discount <laughs> well and that she's not um matching on temperament and family obviously if she's letting oh, people no. pick yeah absolutely not absolutely not um yeah so yeah, it's it has it's nothing like if you have litter mates, that's not your fault. Like you did nothing yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We're not like bitching about it because it's your problem. We're bitching about it because people that know better or should set people up that don't. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and to something, um, and I might mention this later. Oh, I I don't know how to read colors. Uh, (laughs) i was reading your part like what am i saying uh but yeah it's not definitive like if you have litter mates and they're fine don't fucking message me and being like i have litter mates and they're awesome 
great good for you i'm not saying it's impossible every time i talk about littermate syndrome somebody is like my dogs are brother and sister and they're awesome and they don't have any issues and i'm like congratulations i'm really proud of you like I don't <laughs> i'm not saying this is every single dog um it's very common which is why it has a name um but yeah it's not every single dog but you have to think that two puppies are twice the work and that's probably not going to happen in most situations (laughs) yeah um and it's important to note that littermate syndrome doesn't just affect (laughs) littermates it affects dogs of similar ages who grow up together and it's also not something that has been studied to a level where we can point to exactly what causes it or why it affects certain pairs of dogs, but not others, like Laura said. Like some some are just fine. Um, but so littermate syndrome is purely anecdotal at this point in time, but it's such a common and intense anecdotal situation that it needs to be taken seriously as something that does happen and does need to be avoided. So breeders and rescues. Sorry about the puppy noise. <sighs> I think it's cute background noise. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Glad someone does. So breeders and rescues should not be adopting out two young dogs at once. And if they are trying to push two dogs on you at once, they are not responsible. Hard stop. Find another breeder or rescue. Amen. Amen. And then. Amen. (laughs) And then the other thing that I wrote down, um, I didn't write out a whole thing about this. I just wrote a little bullet point because I had forgotten to write it earlier. But when I was doing my research, I came across this story about um, like a, a guide dog, like a or a, maybe a seeing eye dog or something company like who, you know, breeds and raises and trains guide dogs. Um, they stopped very quickly giving two dogs out at once to the um, people who train them. Like, you know, they go to, like, a family and get trained. And these are, like, professional trainers who train guide dogs. Like, it's a really important job. And they very quickly stopped sending two to the same home because almost every time, even dogs who were tested in would would immediately test back out. Flunked out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's really interesting. But also, like, beyond littermate syndrome. So... My first, like, introduction to the dog world was with my aunt, who breeds assistance dogs. Uh, And so, like, I would go to the training facility and play with the puppies and stuff like that. That was the first, like, dog thing I ever did in my life. That's cute. (laughs) Um, And the – so they're called puppy raisers, the people that, like, train and and live with these puppies and help get them in the program or whatever – uh and it oh my god it is so much fucking work i don't know how you could ever do two at once yeah like it's crazy like it's like i don't want to say it's more intense than your puppy head start but it's like it's so fucking specific and yeah oh it's definitely more intense than puppy head start i'm i'm getting these puppies ready for like being part of a family like they don't have yeah, a job but it's to like do. it's along the same lines as you have shit to do every day right where like a normal puppy owner probably doesn't they should but they probably <laughs> don't right <laughs> um but yeah i had to uh i did like respite care so i would like watch them for two weeks while their puppy razor was out of town or whatever um and the stuff these dogs could do one is fucking insane but also two like these dogs get fucking dropped. Like, there was a four-month-old puppy that got dropped out of the program for being too vocal. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, he's four months. And they're like, it doesn't matter if he's this vocal at four months. He can't. He fails the program. Wow. And I'm like, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> 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 All right. Like, it's no joke. It's insane. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty cool that they uh, noticed that. I can't. I want to meet the person that was trying to take two because, god damn. <laughs> Yeah, that even d- if you do literally nothing else, that's still just so much. That is definitely <laughs> insane. But oh. and so, you know, like I was saying, like it's it's almost entirely anecdotal. Like there haven't been a whole lot of studies done, so like you can't say exactly why it happens. But if you think about it, it totally makes sense because they're like in development together, and they're each figuring out the world and like social situations together. And they're figuring out all of their socialization together instead of, like, having different socialization experiences kind of across the board. 
And so they're not going to like learn anything from a seasoned dog. Like they're just going to be figuring out weird stuff together, you know, like it just, it seems. Well, yeah. And something that I always relate it to, which isn't really a great anecdote, but like when I'm trying to explain it to people, I'm like, think about if like if me and my brother had never separated and we were closer in age and just did everything together and went to college together, like neither one of us would ever get married because we have a super unhealthy relationship with each other, right? Like, yeah, nobody's going to want to date that situation. (laughs) (laughs) Like it just it's the same reason that we don't stay w- living with our parents forever and we don't stay living with our siblings forever because that's not how families like are supposed to work yeah <laughs> you're you're too close for your own good if i if i lived with my parents any longer we all would have killed each other you know <laughs> it's just not it's just not what they're designed to do um but yeah, it is possible to have littermates or two young puppies together and avoid littermate syndrome. It's not like definitively going to happen just from having two puppies, but it is extremely common. And the root of it is basically that two puppies, again, are twice the work and double the work rarely gets done. So they start to have issues. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Um, and I think a lot of the times, too, because you have two puppies... A lot of the times they're kenneled in the same kennel, if not in the same room, something like that. So it's like you literally train them to never be apart yeah. to a certain degree, yep. right? Because it's easier for us. Yep. Like to us, it makes no sense to have puppy A in this room and puppy B in this room. They're like, no, we just have a puppy room and that's where they are. And it's like, yeah, but <laughs> right in three in three years, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah like well even the puppies i have here so for reference i only have the puppies here until either 10 or 12 weeks of age and so even if they were together that whole time they wouldn't develop littermate syndrome but i still take precautions to like make sure that they aren't depending on each other and relying on each other and i do this full time and it's already too much (laughs) like you know like like each of them has to have isolation training and then also crate training and then also training separate from each other and just and socialization separate from each other and it's just it's a ton of work and and this is my full-time job like if you have a full-time job and also are getting two puppies i don't know how you're not going to kill yourself like i don't know (laughs) no just no just no uh (laughs) what just no uh yeah i can't i can't imagine i cannot imagine and we will touch on this more in our next segment but it is very important that you know i i promise you (laughs) i promise you two dogs will never be less work than one dog ever it will never ever ever happen to you and if you're getting two dogs because you think that they're going to tire each other out that will not work. <laughs> and <laughs> it never works. It never works. And then on top of that, so you have to tire out two individual dogs. Keep that in mind. And on top of that, in order to avoid them developing littermate syndrome, you'll need to do, I would say, not even twice the work. I would say at least two and a half times the work as if you just adopted <laughs> one because they need to do everything separately. So many things. And again, we'll explain more about that in the next segment. But for now, just take my word for it. I was reading the outline and I saw that you said two and a half times the work and I just started cracking up. (laughs) I was like, oh, she means business. (laughs) (laughs) And Lily already kind of said this, but I do want to make it very clear that if a rescue or a breeder is allowing you or much less encouraging you to take litter mates, they don't know what they're fucking doing because nobody legitimate in either business would do both would do either nobody there it is they wouldn't they don't know shit about dogs or dog behavior stop or they don't care which is worse (laughs) or they don't give a shit because they're gonna get paid extra yeah exactly and and sadly i'm sure it's not the driving force maybe it is (laughs) but honestly i think sometimes that's what it is yeah and also too like if if you're getting it from a good breeder, they don't have puppies left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they're not just like, oh, this one's not spoken for yet. No, that's not how good breeders work. Yep. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
Twyla. You are a nutcase. You are a nut. You are a nut. Hi. Hi, nut. Ridiculous. Out of control. <laughs> I really do love her. She's hysterical, but like right now it's not working for me. <laughs> so there is some information about why you should not get litter mates. And we'll take a break here. When we come back, we will talk about what to do if you already did get litter mates. If you done fucked up already. Margarita check. How's your blended margarita in the snow? I'm so happy with it. (laughs) It could be because I'm almost finished with my second one. But I'm very happy with mine as well. Uh, I, oh, I've man. never yours... been like the kind of person who changes what I drink depending on the weather. Like I always am an ice drink person. Oh, I know. I am 100% that person. Yeah. Every time, <laughs> all winter, every time I go to the coffee shop, which is a lot, uh, <laughs> they're always like, do you want that hot ice or blended? And I'm like, why the fuck are you asking me that? It is winter. <laughs> there are hot drinks only right now. Okay. Uh <laughs> I am iced all year round. I think it's probably from being raised in Vegas where like there aren't seasons. So you just have to create them in your mind. You have to pretend that they're there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's only 78 degrees. Give me a hot (laughs) beverage. I will say I did get an iced tea a couple weeks ago because it was like in the 70s all week and I was pissed off about it. But yeah, anyways, how did we get off track? (laughs) I did notice, uh, I didn't notice until just now, though, that we both did basically pineapple and coconut, which is kind of funny. Yeah. And also interesting that you could do pineapple and coconut in so many different ways. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think when I think Hawaiian. Yeah, for sure. I also, I thought about doing my blended because I was, I lived on Icy's the whole time I was in Hawaii, but, (laughs) or shaved ice. Yeah. Um, my husband will get mad at you because it's called shave ice. Oh, excuse me. My husband's family is from Hawaii. For those of you who don't know. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, I, I I didn't realize he is from Hawaii. I was about to give him shit. Like, fuck you. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> shit's delicious. Uh, <laughs> it really is. And it's just syrup on ice. Like, I didn't think I was going to like it. It's so stupid. But it's, it's so good. stupid. It's straight sugar. Like, <laughs> it's straight sugar. It's just syrup on ice. Like, there's no reason. But I tell you what, we got it once a day, if not twice. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time we were there. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Is yours more pineapple or coconutty? Or is it pretty both? Um... I think because mine is not coconutty at all, but I think you're right. It was the coconut water was ill advised. Yeah, so mine mostly tastes like mango because that I had frozen oh, right. mangoes I in it. You did mango. But I would say that the secondary flavor is probably coconut. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense with the pina colada. Because really, the only pineapple thing that I have in there is the citronage. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like mine is more pineapple than anything. There's no coconut. Like, you don't taste it at all. I ordered a fucking $5 jug of coconut water for no reason. So <laughs> I'm not going to drink it. Uh, so but that's fine. Did I ask you in all capitals if you like your margarita? Did I scream that at you yet? No, I just offered it up. <laughs> you know how I am about smooth transitions. Um... Uh, <laughs> <coughs> Are you excited to edit out all my coughing? Yes. So excited. Almost as excited as I am to edit out all of Twyla's barking. <laughs> I was telling Laura, this is one of my favorite dogs who's ever come through Puppy Head Start. She's so funny. But when I need to do something, like record a podcast, it's like suddenly not, <laughs> not funny <ideal>. anymore. <laughs> Weird. Weird. Uh, so if you already brought home litter mates, there's definitely some training that you can do to make them a little bit more balanced, even if they are older. Um, hopefully we can catch you before they're, well, they're still babies. 
but <laughs> Bebe. <laughs> Can you tell I've been watching Shit's Creek? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll catch them while they're still babies. But <laughs> but even if they're five years old, six years old, ten years old, whatever, you can always train. Always. I promise. So the first thing that I would say is don't waste any time, no matter how old your litter mates are right now. Start separating them now, immediately. They don't need to be separate all day. They can still interact and play together, but you should be treating them separately, socializing them separately, interacting with them, like interactions between you and them should happen separately. They should be kennel trained separately. They should be, practice being in isolation. And this is where you can see that your schedule starts to get packed if you do adopt litter mates. It's not easy to have two full puppy schedules. I don't even want one puppy schedule. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, my biggest thing is to go heavy on socializing them individually, especially with other dogs. Um, because that's probably the issue that I see more often than not, is that they're not socialized with other dogs. Um, thank you, Twilight. Uh, (laughs) uh, I prefer if they're young enough and they don't already have issues with other dogs, then I always encourage the owners to enroll them in daycare on separate days. Um, It's a really easy way for them to get socialized independently without taking up a bunch of your time. But again, that's assuming that they don't already have issues with other dogs. And then also to practice Um, being separate, you can kill two birds with one stone there. Exactly. Yeah. So um, having two puppies is hard enough. Uh, (laughs) That's my like hack of way to to make it less shitty and not add an obscene amount of time to your schedule. Yeah. (laughs) Um, If they're a little bit older and they already are having issues with other dogs, that gets a lot more complicated. There's no outline for the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, so if they if they already are having issues with other dogs, I would say like there there's not going to really be a difference between socializing a litter mate adult dog separate from its litter mate and just socializing a dog who is not good with dogs and doesn't have litter mate syndrome. You just like need to make sure to do that work separate from the litter mate. Did that yeah, make sense? And- <laughs> I'm not really sure, uh, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but it did just remind me of, so if your litter mates are older um, and you're, you're not worried about them getting along with other dogs, like if you have litter mates and they're eight years old, obviously you're not very concerned about them being friendly to other dogs because you've lived eight years without it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, don't waste your time on it if that's not your focus. I would still focus on socializing them with people and places, so... If they're, like, eight years old and you're not worried about, like... Because, honest, I'll be honest, socializing with other dogs at eight years old when they have issues is an uphill battle. It's going to be a lot of fucking work. And if you're not worried about it, it's just not worth it. Um, but I would say that you do need to be worried about, you know, taking them out separately, going on walks, being able to be around people, stuff like that. If your lifestyle doesn't integrate strange dogs, then fine. Who gives a shit? But... It's pretty hard to have a lifestyle that doesn't include going places or being on leash or being around other people. So that's kind of the the def- the for sure, like, that's what to work on. Um, but definitely with younger litter mates, dogs. Dogs, 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 dogs. <laughs> for the love of God, socialize them with dogs. And check out our socialization episode because we talk about some important stuff like not just pairing each of the dogs with other rude dogs who also don't know what they're doing <laughs> so you want to be like pairing them with with the uh, social polite dogs. dogs yeah yeah um so yeah like lily said separate them a lot uh eat separately train separately play separately walk separately pretty much anything that you can do separately and that doesn't mean that you can't do those things together as well um like maybe they eat breakfast together but they eat dinner separately or something like that but you just need to get in the practice of it as much as possible uh even if it's small stuff like one eats in the kitchen one eats in the dining room like wherever you can do it yeah <laughs> uh because it's just super important 
Um, and for me, that means kennel training. Uh, Which, by the way, I had never heard when you said I've I had never heard of people putting them in the same kennel. If you're doing that, stop. Oh my god, stop right now. <laughs> I can't tell you. I know full grown adult dogs that aren't litter mates that like were adopted at separate times that people kennel together. Stop. I can't, like, it gives me a fucking heart attack just thinking about it. Like, my blood pressure just shot up when you said that. <laughs> like, I can't, I don't, no. It's one thing to leave dogs loose together, which also gives me a heart attack. But putting them in the same fucking can, can you imagine? I, I can't. I, <laughs> I just I'm 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 in stunned silence currently. <laughs> oh God, it's what nightmares are made of. <laughs> yeah, and so I feel like this is a good time to say like we've both done really stupid shit. Like if you listen to oh, some yeah. of our earlier episodes, Laura talks about what her house used to look like when she first started fostering. <laughs> And so, like, we have done our share of stupid shit. We're not judging you, but just stop. Stop doing it. Yeah. We're here to tell you, stop. Well, and like I said, you know, people people will message me and be like, I've kenneled dogs together my whole life and it's never been a problem. Congrats. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm, I'm so proud of you. You are so fucking lucky. Yeah. Please stop doing it, though. Yeah. Again, I'll point you back to our <laughs> earlier just... episodes when Laura talks about her foster experiences. Like, can you imagine sending someone a text and being like, well, I had a bunch of fosters that never met each other and I worked for 10 hours a day and it was fine. <laughs> like, it still wasn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Oh, man. And I know, like, our what? perspective talk is obviously... Yes, you can. Love you. <laughs> He was trying to mime a question to me. (laughs) What did you just give him permission to do? Um, To shovel snow. I don't know why he needed my permission to do that, but I'm excited about it. I don't don't know, but it sounds nice. Also, why are you shoveling snow in the middle of the night, though? Uh, It's 8.41. Okay. But, like, that's, that's late at night. Okay, so here is something great about my husband and if you're on the hunt for a man i i would i think that (laughs) you should uh put this on your list of questions which is like how do you clear your head how do you like release your stress because scott does chores when he like he has had a hard day at work so now he wants to do all the dishes or like go shovel the snow and it helps him clear his mind and guess That's who just sits amazing. here drinking a mango margarita <laughs> and playing with puppies? Me. Drinking alcohol and eating snacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It's great. I was about to ask if he has a brother, but I know that he does. And I know that he's already married. And I know that he owns a doodle. So he's automatically <laughs> out. <laughs> the, doodle, the doodle negates him more than the wife. <laughs> He also has a younger brother, yeah, and um, he's also married, and he also has two dogs that you wouldn't like very much. God help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm still confused, though. Like, isn't the snow going to just be back by the time you wake up? Oh, I doubt it. I, I think we had snow all day today, and then I don't think it's supposed to snow again until Saturday. Mm, okay. Well, good then. So, basically, I mean, what we're looking for as far as, like, not littermate syndrome not being prevalent is we're basically looking for dogs to be able to be confident and social when they're separated and to be able to be social and disciplined when together. Um, And so, by disciplined, I just mean if you've ever tried to get two puppies to do something together at once, like a sit Mm -hmm. or a stay... (laughs) <laughs> or any of those things mm-hmm. it's generally not gonna go well <laughs> i mean trying to get two adult dogs to do it together is just not gonna go well but <laughs> it's hard to be disciplined when you have friends <laughs> so i took a french class in high school with my best friend and shockingly, we both failed it. <laughs> and it's not because we're bad at French. I mean, we are bad at French, but that's not why we fail. <laughs> um, but yeah, if it's just they're, if one's doing it, the other one's distracting them and vice versa. 
Um, so you're looking for them to be able to complete tasks when they're together um, and to be social when they're together. So a lot of the times you'll see the issue of like litter mates being defensive to dogs outside because they have their own little crew and then any outside dog is obviously not welcome into that crew, right? And then confident and social when they're separated so that a lot of the times with litter mate syndrome, if they separate, they're, they get kind of insecure or aggressive or worried in, in some way, uh, kind of fight or flight, right? Um, and so being able to be alone and be confident um, whether or not their litter mate is with them. And so what I read about um, those, the like guide dog people, I was reading like their observations about it. And their observations yeah. were that one of the puppies would, I mean, just like you said earlier, one of the puppies is constantly bullying the other one. And so the one who's constantly getting bullied ends up not developing any confidence at all for obvious reasons. Yep. But then the one who is doing the bullying, once they're not with their little bully partner, they just become totally insecure. And so yeah. like, anyway, I don't know what the point of saying that at this moment is, but like, but um setting boundaries for your dogs is really good in general if you have a multi-dog household like we talked about in a previous episode but especially if you have litter mates you have to be setting boundaries for them yeah so um we rescued two 12 year old dogs that i don't think were litter mates i mean we don't know obviously but uh they don't even look like the same breed so i don't think they're litter mates um but they're 12 years old we know they had been together for a long time we don't know how long and the male was skinny, not like underweight skinny, but he was skinny. Um, and the female was a bossy bitch and she resource guarded food. And it's like, so he basically learned like, oh, I don't fuck with food unless she's not around. So he wouldn't eat if she was around. Oh, my God. Because he, he had learned, right? That like, hey, she'll fuck me up if I, if I try to eat the food, Right. So he would not eat if she was anywhere around. We had to close him in a room. And even then he was like, uh, is it okay? <laughs> am, I, am I allowed to eat? And so we separated them, obviously. And everybody was like, they're 12 years old. Why are you separating them? And I'm like, because she's a fucking bitch. And he doesn't think that he's allowed to do anything. Do you know how fucking miserable that must be? Yeah. <laughs> and they're, mo- they're both like so much happier. <laughs> because it was such an unhealthy relationship like that's the thing i don't give a shit if you have two puppies i don't give a shit if your dogs are best friends like that has nothing to do with me i don't care that's great happy day but chances are it's really unhealthy for them both as individuals yeah (laughs) so there is some information about what to do if you already have litter mates and you need to either solve or avoid some issues and we're going to take a break here. And when we get back, we are going to do a Q&A segment. Final margarita check. How's your marg? I'm taking my last sip right now. Amazing. Are you going to make any more for hockey? No, I already made two. <laughs> do you work tomorrow? Nope. Everybody canceled because of the weather. Great, so make a third one. Stop trying to get me drunk and take advantage. (laughs) Um, If it was more flavorful, I think I would go try to make a blended one. But it's just not not sweet enough for that. They're disgusting when I think about them. Just because they're like obviously fully synthetic. But maraschino cherries, man. They're great. (laughs) I'm sure that you'll be very shocked to hear that I don't like them. I know. Too sweet for me. Well, that's that's the difference between me and Lily. Maraschino cherry. The one. Do you want to hear? If you ever want to know how we differ, that's it. Do you want to hear a dumbass story about me? <clears throat> oh, God. So, um, sit- I'm a little confused how it could possibly have to do with maraschino cherries, but okay. Here it is. So, um,. <laughs> I have lived my whole life thinking that I just hate cherries because I thought a maraschino cherry was a cherry. (laughs) And so since we've moved to Michigan, so that means it's within the last two years, I have learned that cherries are not maraschino cherries. (laughs) 
and they're like a whole fruit and, and they're good that's amazing okay so for our final segment we are doing another q a and this one comes from someone who knows lara i think <laughs> um so this one i'll keep somewhat anonymous because i didn't ask permission um <laughs> But is for a uh, year and a half old dog. He was adopted. He's not finalized. Um, but so he's on trial with my rescue organization. And I messaged them about finalizing. And this is what they sent back to me, which was fun. Uh, <laughs> um, so this is the message I got. I'll just read it verbatim. He still has some discipline issues when he is outside unsupervised. When he is outside with us, he is absolutely perfect and happy. If we let him out to use the bathroom unsupervised, even for 10 or 15 minutes, he starts digging in the flower beds where he knows he's not supposed to be. Our discipline for that has been calling him out of the flower bed and having him lay down in a designated spot for a timed 10 minutes. But he continues to do it, so I don't think it's working. In my email, I was asking for some tips that might help him with that. I honestly think he just likes digging for the sprinklers and the water hoses that are under the dirt. Also, at night, if we do not put him in his crate, we just allow him and we just allow him to curl up in his bed next to our bed. He wakes up in the middle of the night and he tears up his fluffy toys and gets into the dog food. Uh, he has ripped up a few towels that he has found either in the kitchen or the bathroom. I don't know how to correct this behavior because he has done it while we are asleep, so I don't know if any type of discipline would be associated with the bad behavior. Sorry, it was really hard for me not to interject throughout it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't responded. I told her I was like, because they haven't finalized his adoption. So they're like, we want to make sure that we can work through this. And I will say, in the nicest way possible, that these people have free training that they will not take. Like, they just want me to email them advice, like, <laughs> which is really frustrating on my end. Yeah. Um, but all of our dogs come with free training. And they had incidents. Uh, they had problems from the very beginning of their trial. And I immediately, like, um, suggested that we take the dog back. I suggested that we do training sessions immediately, and they don't want to do any of that. So, one, that's a little bit frustrating, but two, it's also why you're continuing to have problems, right? Like, you have all the resources. You're choosing not to use them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even if and, – and again, and I tell people this, too, when they adopt from us, you have free training with me. I, you don't need to use it. If you want to hire a different trainer, great. Yeah. I don't I don't mind that at all. I encourage it. Have a good time. <laughs> and I tell people that straight up. But, like, especially this dog in particular was a behavior dog. Not anything serious. But, you know, he he's, he's a year and a half old dog that was just neutered. Uh, he has some insecurities and stuff like that. He's not socialized properly. Stuff like that. So um he he's gonna need some work and also <laughs> if you know anything about my rescue you know that i over exaggerate this before they even meet the dog i over exaggerate like the need for training and stuff like that before they ever meet the dog this happens a lot where i mean literally the second you email and you're like i'm interested in so and so i'm like He's a behavior dog. He needs an experienced owner. These are his behaviors. This is what we're doing about them. This is what you will need to do about them. This is what resources we provide. This is what resources you might think about. Like, pretty over the fucking top. Because if you know me, you know that's all I am is extra. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> True. As, Agree. Uh, Lily, <laughs> as Lily's husband once said, Lara has never felt lukewarm about anything in her life. <laughs> Uh, and that is very accurate. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, this all was said and done and gone over long before they have ever even met the dog. Um, and then they met him. It was like you could tell he kind of bonded with them really quickly. And so they started a trial. And literally, like the first, I want to say the first day, um, they had an issue. And so I immediately was like, hey, 
maybe you need a dog with less training if you're already having a problem. <laughs> like, it's 24 to 48 hours in. Uh, maybe you need a dog with less issues. Um, I can come out this week, blah, blah, blah. Not interested. Uh, and now here we are a month later. We were supposed to finalize a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I never heard from them. And then I was really sick for a week and so on and so forth. So when I checked in again, when I recuperated and I was like, hey, I haven't heard from you, but we're, we're pretty behind on finalizing the adoption is when I got this message. Okay. Right. Just to give you some background. Okay. So I wrote up my little response to this, but I, before I read that, I want to go through it and dissect this a little bit (laughs) (laughs) because there's a lot here. First of all, um, we let him out to use the restroom unsupervised for even 10 or 15 minutes. This is written as if that's not a very long time. (laughs) That is a long time for a dog to be unsupervised, especially a dog that's new to your home. That's a long time. 10 to 15 minutes is a long time. He's going to find something to do. Um, He starts digging in the flower beds where he knows he's not supposed to be. So Laura and I will argue about semantics on this for 100 years, but dogs don't know what they are. are and are not supposed to do they don't have any sense that there's things they're supposed to do and things they're not supposed to do they just have a sense of what they want to do and whether or not that works and it obviously doesn't work when you're outside if you have the sense that he knows he's not supposed to do that but if he's alone it does work and so he's gonna do it (laughs) so um there's that our discipline has been calling him out of the flower bed and having him lay down in a designated spot for a time to 10 minutes Um, I thought that was so weird. That's why I paused when I was reading it because I didn't catch that when I read it and copied it and everything. That's Uh, that's ludicrous. That's very weird. And and you know what I think that's from? (laughs) Huh? Is because when I was trying to tell them that like, hey, we need to do training right away and blah, blah, blah. They were like, oh, we're watching a lot of dog training YouTube videos was their response. Neat. So I think that's what that's from, honestly. Okay. So I don't know um, what that is meant to accomplish but i i don't either it's um, very odd to me and i don't know how you're even doing it honestly like with a brand new dog who you can't control at all how are you getting him to lay down for 10 minutes he's got really good obedience like he's got so much potential okay that's what's really frustrating to me about this situation like his obedience is pretty good okay um i mean he's still a year and a half old and if and, and i don't it doesn't sound like they necessarily have the the best uh, training relationship, I guess. I don't. I don't know how to say that. I mean, his he's good. If you if you manage him, he has no issues. Like I was confused because I took him on as a, a behavior dog, and I had him for like a week, and I was like, bro, there's nothing wrong with this dog. <laughs> yeah. So I sent him. I sent him to Foster to be like, is it just me? Because my house is very strict. I am who I am. So, like, there's not a lot of opportunities to get in trouble. It's yeah. just how my life works, right? Yeah. So, pretty the most aggressive dog can do well here. Like, that's how my house is designed. Um. So, I sent him to Foster being like, hey, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just my house. I need to make sure that this dog is, isn't a problem before I adopt him out. Yeah. So, I sent him to Foster. And literally within three days, the Foster was like there's no issue with this dog like, okay. this dog is fine um so that's like if you know what you're doing and you manage him at all he's fine but if you give him freedom he's gonna be a punk ass teenager because that's what he is <laughs> so i'll stop dissecting there that's enough that's enough i think so i'll just get into my training <laughs> advice so what i wrote down um, so I, this is what I said last time on our Q&A, so I hate to do it again because, honestly, people really, <laughs> really hate this answer, but it is just about management. If he can't handle being alone unsupervised, then he doesn't get to be alone unsupervised. He now has to have supervised outdoor play or potty sessions, and he has to be created at night because if, as far as behaviors go, if you don't see it, you can't fix it. If you're totally set on him being able to spend time on his own, you could maybe slowly build up endurance for that, but there is literally nothing you can do to stop behaviors if you are not there. Like literally zero things. <laughs> you cannot do anything about it. And It's literally that simple. It's, it is. It is that simple. And then I also wanted to note that those are all boredom behaviors. So digging, um, waking up in the night, tearing apart towels, 
getting into the food. Like, that's all boredom behavior. So in addition to being supervised, he also needs some extra stimulation. So I would try food puzzles, scavenging games like hiding treats. Um, if he enjoys tearing things apart, there are some toys that are designed to entertain dogs like that. Like, there, there's like one big toy that's stuffed with many toys and they're kind of hard to pull out. Um, you'll need to supervise him while he's playing with that or he'll tear up the whole toy. <laughs> but um, but it would at least give him an outlet for that. And if you want to give him an outlet for digging, you can do that too. I, I would say it's not necessary to give him that outlet, but if you want to, you can. I've heard of people buying sandboxes and making that a designated digging spot and hiding toys and stuff in there. So there's a way to do it if you want to. But I would say that those are the two things that you need to do. Supervise him and give him things to do. Yeah, and that was really interesting because uh, to me, I'm glad that you answered this before I put anything um, in here because I almost didn't include it because it is pretty similar to the last Q&A, but I also feel like this is what I get asked about the absolute most Yeah, (laughs) from everyone and every dog and all the time yep (laughs) so i figured if it's if it's such a big reoccurring problem for the average dog owner then might as well go over it again and again and again yeah (laughs) um but i'm glad that you responded before i had a chance to because um to me i was just like if if he's abusing his freedom he loses it he's literally telling you I mean, if your dog is being destructive when unsupervised, they're literally telling you that they cannot handle being unsupervised. Yeah. That's it. It's that simple. Like, that's, again, I know you're not going to like that answer, but that's the fucking answer. Like, yep. <laughs> what else is there? If, if he's doing things when you're not around, there's nothing that you can do. Yeah. That's it. That's all there is. <laughs> I mean... I don't know. That's it? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, it's it's literally that simple. Um, but I'm glad that you answered it first because the queen of being like, that's a boredom behavior. I didn't even think about that because she was also saying, like, you know, he loves going to the dog park and stuff like that. So I, I didn't even think about uh, physical and mental outlets because she was – the conversation that I was having with her, she was saying, oh, he's really – he's getting much better on walks um, or he loves walks and he does well on them and he is – really liking the dog park so like the physical and mental i didn't really think of it but you're 100 percent right um that's obviously part of the issue for sure yeah like there there are people who ask about like counter surfing and like i literally cannot i can't fathom one of my dogs counter surfing and like, how does that even happen like what what are you doing like what <laughs> what are you doing i don't understand and i think i don't know Maybe it's just a totally oversimplified answer, but I don't know. I think it's kind of common sense. Like, just watch watch your dog. <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But yeah, and I think the only thing that's missing, which Lily touched on a little bit, but um, is just obviously you really want your dog to have freedom, clearly. That's fine if that's the end goal, but he's clearly telling you that he can't handle that yet. Uh, and we need to listen to that. And maybe maybe that would be a good topic for another episode is how to build up to that. Because I'm sure that yeah. that's something a lot of people want for their dogs. Like, I just create my dogs when I'm not home. But I'm sure that many yeah. people don't want to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you just need to ease them into it. So, one, I would get, I would take away the freedom that he's abusing for at least a couple weeks, if not more so. Uh, and once you're feeling really good <laughs> about how it's all going, then start to test it out, right? If you have a day where you go to the dog park a lot, blah, 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 um, and he's tired, maybe leave him out those nights and see how it goes. If he abuses it again, then we know, okay, we still can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you get home from a long walk maybe try letting him go out potty the next the next time he needs to go outside maybe then try letting him go out quote unquote unsupervised but where you're actually kind of watching him right right um so i mean you can build up to that freedom that you want so much right but yeah i mean the the bottom line is your dog dictates when that when when and how that freedom happens and this dog is obviously telling them that it's this is too much. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, There's also just a matter of like not 
not knowing what to do in certain situations like especially if it's a brand new dog for them like like he doesn't know what the default is for being in certain areas because he just moved in there and so if they spend a lot more time teaching like what to do in certain areas then he'll start defaulting to those not to say he won't go to the flower bed if he's given enough time but he would at least like have something to start with yeah well and i think that's the other thing i'm gonna have to kind of dive into is the troubleshooting of like if if you do catch him in the act, what to do rather than put him into a downstay for 10 minutes? Because I, I, uh, unless he's wearing a shock collar, that's not a thing. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. I want to know where they heard it. <laughs> I was just about to say, I can tell you right now, I can see the shock jock trainer video in my mind of, of downstay with an elevated cot. It's all shock jock trainers are the same, yeah. <laughs> You have an elevated cot. They have their shock collar. You put them into a downstay for fucking 45 minutes for no apparent reason. It's just how it works. I can't. I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. That's why I don't do it. But <laughs> Ludicrous. It's so bizarre. I don't understand. We won't go down that rabbit hole because the hockey game started. So I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's. God damn. Let's wrap this up then. So I think that about wraps it up. Our 18th episode is ready to be let out of the kennel. You can find me on Instagram at Miss Lily's Dogs or on my website, MissLilysDogs.com or my online training platform, Patreon.com slash MissLilysDogs. You can find me on Instagram at ProperPuppersLV and my website, ProperPuppersLV.com. In our next episode, we will be drinking hibiscus margaritas. (laughs) Seems seems a little weird. Uh, And talking about if your dog hates visitors. Next time on the Doggery DeVille podcast. Thanks for listening to Doggery DeVille. Send us an email at dogaritaville at gmail.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at dogaritaville. And let us know if there are any topics you'd like to see covered. Or if there are any margaritas you want us to try. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time, give your dog a treat from us.